0: A young ninja master with the art of code magic attempts to right the wrongs of his enemies. This isn't a Naruto daikaiju spinoff. This is Kaiju vs. History. The Magic Serpent.
1: everyone to Kaiju versus History. This is your Shinobu Sensei Miles here and joining me is my hidden fortress of an ally in the form of Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing?
0: Good. Uh look out I'm throwing ninja stars right next to your head. <laughs> oh gosh. Swing, fling, They're fling. knocking the doors down. <laughs> uh yeah, this is 1966's The Magic Serpent that we're looking at this week. One of the very few Studio uh, Toei films that would be added to our kaiju list before they they, I mean, they didn't get out of movies entirely, but they became much more well-known for their TV heroes and monsters. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, I, I don't blame them for going all in on that with the success that they've had and, and continue mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. And this is this is a, a tough one because it, it's honestly pretty hard to find and didn't i don't think it got a proper u.s release other than television back in the day
0: here in the united states yes i believe that is correct i think it was an aip tv production and uh, i I will say before we get into the episode proper this wasn't originally on our kaiju movie list because we couldn't find a copy of it there's some i think transfers of people that have recorded <laughs> the movie off of tv that you can find online but yeah uh, finding dvd releases i think they won th- did one a, uh, a few years ago with gamer versus gauss like a, a double pack but it is hard to find these days unfortunately which is a shame yeah I, I think this would look amazing you know restored it's, and it's a well, very colorful and- movie
1: not just that, but like the the version we watched, I mean, had a very questionable
0: <laughs> translation or
1: translation because I mean, they were subtitled and dubbed and yeah. the, the dubs were odd. I mean, not, not the dubs, <laughs> but the subtitles were odd. The dub was odd, too. But like, I mean, if <laughs> oh, I was yeah. just watching the movie with the dub, it would have been fine. But watching the subtitles as well, they, it, it was all over the place. The what, Wherever this copy came from was clearly of questionable origin. But unfortunately, it's the best we can do. In fact, we were going to like, like Patrick said, we were going to, this actually, originally wasn't going to be on there because we were kind of going back and forth on it. And then we found a copy and then I think copy went away.
0: You can find a very good looking copy on YouTube. A lot of people have uploaded The original Japanese, which unfortunately we do not speak and that did not have subtitles on it. So it is, yeah, it was a little bit of a pain. So there, there, we usually save movies that we don't get a hold of and do like, we did a fifties wrap up for some films that didn't quite make the kaiju list or that we couldn't find, you know, lost movies and things like that. So that was going to be on our sixties wrap up, but we, we did find a copy and we wanted to, to add this one in. So, and I'm glad we did. I want to. want to get to talking about it because yeah, it's yeah, we'll definitely talk about it because
1: it, it's it's an interesting conversation to have and will continue to have in well for, for night the nineteen sixties because uh, we see quite a few kind of period pieces here mm-hmm. and um, we did. I'm going to mention something when we when we're talking about this film that's going to sound a little odd because. We Like Patrick said, we initially weren't going to do this one. We found a copy and are kind of rushing this episode after we've uh, recorded other ones. Yeah. But uh, before we get into the the meat and potatoes of this episode, Patrick, I need you to tell us what's in a
0: title. Well, a good deal for, for this one, the literal Japanese title translates out to Great Dragon Battle or Great Mystic Dragon Battle, Kairu Daikessen the magic serpent is of course the u.s release title and there's some other good ones from from around the world the, the french i think vhs release of this was ninja apocalypse boy i wish
1: <laughs> i wish that that was the movie we saw uh
0: <laughs> that, and that the, sounds awesome the theatrical release before that was monsters of the apocalypse for for france and yeah this is similarly to what we're going to see with the other period films of 1966, the Dimogen trilogy, this is a historical film that has kaiju in it, or I, I guess it's more fantasy than, than historical, but this is uh, a little different from, from almost every other kaiju movie that we've watched so far.
1: It is, and it's interesting because, you know, it's not that I don't consider magical creatures kaiju, because, I mean, we have King Caesar and we have other other creatures that have been accepted into the kaiju canon and 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 defining a kaiju in in these kind of terms is always a little loosey-goose because i i certainly would count a magical creature but these are weird because they're they're
0: definitely not normal and we'll talk about some of the generation of this story but like scale wise kind of the (sighs) destruction like how it's represented in terms of on aesthetic, the film. Yes. They, yeah. they they saw toei saw the rising trend of of kaiju movies in Japan and abroad and yeah got got the funding to make this historical epic which is a a a style of film that is extremely popular in Japan at the time still was this kind of historical fantasy setting. Normally it's it's a little more grounded. I think they, they'll have like mystical films, but this one is way over the top with the magic well, and, 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 and then it goes over the top with the, the kaiju as well.
1: It is helpful that it's based off of an actual like folktale.
0: Yes. And one that's been told a couple of times. So, so the basic story is, you know, one that we'll, we'll probably see a few times uh, a trope of a young scion, disposed clan leader, trying to get revenge on the evil shinobu lord who killed his family and has a wizard like right-hand man we have the the main character is uh, izaguchi maru ogata who also becomes to be known as uh, jiraiya in the film and the evil wizard ninja is orochi maru and he gets the help of the lady tsunade in in the film and as as uh mentioned in the intro those are all character names from the anime Naruto. You, you've watched some Naruto, right, Miles? I have never seen a single episode of Naruto. Oh, I thought you said you didn't like it. Let <laughs> I me mean, believe no, you.
1: No, no, no. I just said I was never that interested in it. I've never seen a oh. single
0: episode of it. So they're not like the, the the main kids are are not those characters. Those are like the prior generation of like the 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 Naruto characters. So mm-hmm. Jiraiya does have Toad magic in in that series. Huh. And Lady Tsunade, I believe in the manga, it's been a while, but and the original folktale, she had snail or slug magic. Can someone like a giant slug? In in this movie, spoilers, she they make the right decision to turn it into like a marionette spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Now, uh, this is going to sound a little weird because, again, we recorded this one a little bit
1: out of sequence. So... You will not hear me bring this up, at least with the first two Dimogen films, which are ones that are going to be period pieces. So you're going to sound – you're going to hear us sound very charmed by the fact that we're finally <laughs> getting a period piece, yeah, and we, that's not going to be the
0: case here. But I watched want, this I first wanna, because they were very easy to get. I had yes. a Blu-ray that came out. You can find them online very easily. Yes. Great translations as well.
1: Oh, yeah Arrow, yeah, Arrow did a phenomenal job. I do want to say something, though. Every single one of these feudal movies that we have watched so far has centered around a lord getting overthrown and murdered. Now... <laughs> it
0: is a trope. It is definitely yes, a standard trope. That, that I understand.
1: These movies, these movies have made an effort to show that the, the, the dudes throwing them over typically are not great.
0: They're, they are mustache twirling for the right. most part.
1: But I couldn't help this being another film that I have seen... In a certain succession, like mm-hmm. how bad of a lord do you have to be that these dudes can amass such a following? Like yeah. it's not just the one guy, and we we clearly see that the guy leading them is kind of a ding
0: dong. So know, it's it's like bandit lords, you know, and they just amass power and move on to try and take over others. In in the Diamondjin series, we will see those are are more that that is a, a specific time period in Japan that's known for. You know, they're not being like open war between any large parts of the Japanese nation, but you can war with like your rival daimyos and things like that. This movie, I think, is supposed to take place a good deal before that. I think it is more in like they have guns in in this one, yes, but I think it's supposed to be earlier than like the 1600s or whatever. So I don't I don't know if that is a, a part of. Of this story or not uh, that setting, but it's definitely a, a more magical, mystical kind of fantasy world than than yeah. is usually represented in, the, in in what like the samurai genre of of Japanese movies.
1: It's just yeah, because I mean, from what I re- remember of the beginning, you know, when we find out the 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 you know initial Daimo is betrayed, you get the sense that this guy has been serving him for a very long time. So it, <laughs> it didn't seem like it was just like. Oh, this is like a roving bandit, or these are just like like in in Dimension where you have like
0: these dudes just show up and wreck. So <laughs> there's always it, a, it, it, a storming of the castle scene, right? Or, and it, but it kind of made me think. I'm like, does this
1: Dymo really suck? And is that why he's <laughs> able to like get other people? Well, no, because he's the father of our hero. <laughs> well, no, no, no I, I I understand that, but it's just, it, it was because I've watched Dimension and Dimension Two. I, 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 it was something that, that popped in my head because I, I, the movie does not communicate that visually at all. You get the sense that it's, this is a, a good guy that's been betrayed. Yeah. And we get the trope of them, you know, trying to, to whisk his son away so that he can be, you know, he can live and possibly fight another, another day, taking this child. And as they're taking this child it's gigantic serpent
0: with a i'm assuming lovingly borrowed godzilla roar <laughs> so yeah we'll we'll talk about that but that is in i think the american dub specifically not original to the the japanese version which like i said i think you can find copies of it posted to youtube but i mean no no subtitles so you're kind of just watching it for the effects at that point and but the uh, the story it's interesting you brought
1: naruto because it's definitely one of those kind of magical history historical pieces and this movie definitely feels like something like that there's a lot of a lot of magic there's ninjas there's oh, yeah. wizards there's a lot of fairy tale shenanigans going on in in this yeah. film and I I actually commend the film because the film really leans into sincerity with that. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's done to kind of placate children. It doesn't feel like it's done like, like like the movie everything the movie does, even when it has special effects that may not even at the time have been the greatest, the movie never pokes fun at itself, it never highlights it. It just it goes all in on what it's doing, and because of that, almost everything Kind of works.
0: While this is like the first of Toei's, uh, kaiju films, this is not their, their first samurai or mystical. They had a lot of different fantasy films before this and, and some science fiction. In, in 1961, they had Invasion of the Neptune Men and Planet Prince a couple of years before that. And, um, some, some movies kind of centered around ghosts, yokai before that. I haven't been able to find much, anything, but that's but one of their first movies. Their first releases was called Weak Need from Fear of Ghost Cat, which <laughs> just sounds, it's just such a great title. <laughs> that, that's the same year that Godzilla came out, 1954. Hmm. Is that when Godzilla came out? Is that 56? It, it was cool. around that time. This movie, The Magic Serpent, is based on a Japanese Yamaha story a fairy tale kind of story called the tale of the Gallant Jiraiya and while it was published in 1806 so over 200 years ago it is based on like an earlier kind of probably oral tradition story of these characters this little triangle between the, the main kind of magic using ninjas and it was adapted it, it became a very big hit in Kabuki theater in 1852 and there was even a silent film adaptation in 1921 called Jiraiya the Brave, which uh, mm-hmm. has uh, parts of it. I don't think the entirety of it exists online. So you can take a look at that in that story. The magic toad that is summoned is kind. It's like a it's it's smaller than a horse. <laughs> it's it's larger than a human, smaller than a horse. It, it's hard to explain. It's, it's like a. Uh, the size so it is of an, more an, yokai
1: than than kaiju yeah. here. It's
0: like the size of a, a an ATV, <laughs> all terrain vehicle that that he he's able to transform into. And so that, definitely not, you know, kaiju in any sense. And I don't think in the original story it was supposed to be like. I mean, it's massive for a toad, mind you, <laughs> right? It's like probably ten times as large as a regular toad, but it's not pushing over buildings. And yeah, so the the Mystic Ninjas in this story kind of have. The ability to summon these monsters to to fight for them,
1: yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because I mean, the, the transformation angle is is neat, I would have liked to have kind of gone a little, spent a little more time with the their master, like the old the old wizard, mm-hmm, yeah, the Gandalf of the uh, of yeah, this world. I would I, I would have liked to spend a little bit more time with him just to kind of get a little bit of a like. We, we we're, we're given enough about the magic in this film to go along with it, but we're not given enough to understand any of it. So they can kind of do what they want as they go on. Yeah, and um, that, may
0: be, that may be a loss in translation thing. Perhaps like this is just possible something that people in Japan just like kind of know because that's a story that's been told a, a great deal. You know, like what the mechanics are exactly of some of this magic very early on in the movie. A ninja chops Jiraiya's head off, <laughs> like cuts it off, and it just goes flying over to a log. And his body is like autonomous. And then, at first, you're like, Oh wow, that, that's, that, that was made quick work of this, uh, this prince, this, uh, this yeah. kid. but that doesn't stop him. I guess that was just <laughs> a, a, a minor and, uh, setback.
1: You know, I just finished saying about how, you know, a lot of this stuff doesn't seem necessarily like downplayed for, for children, but that scene was definitely done <laughs> probably for the purpose that it, it wouldn't get kind of any, any rating or anything. There's
0: no blood and
1: it's yeah. done fairly slapsticky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know about the original music for it, but the music for this movie was uh, Toshiaki Shushima. Some of it certainly came to the, the dub version of the film. And it's really, it, it, it's very good. I, I feel like definitely some of the battle scenes, um, the main themes are, are good. In, in scenes like that, it's a fairly light score. Like I said, kind of matches the, how colorful the, the movie is. But so it was, <laughs> first I'm watching it and, you know, that's one of the reasons I think I, I found a clip of this online is one of the reasons that made me convinced to try and find a version of this film. I saw, I saw that scene as like, well, this is wacky. This is definitely a different kaiju film. But music is really good. That The same composer would go on to do the Battle Without Honor and Humanity Yakuza series, which there were several films of in the 1970s. And we're going to see or hear that music from Tsushima from again in 1978. They did Dinosaur War Eisenborg, which... <laughs> <laughs> kind of becomes a compilation film in the translation of Attack of the Super Monsters, which is on our list. Have you ever seen that, Miles? I have not. It's a mix of animation and pseudomation. Hmm. Giant, giant uh, people in 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 dinosaur costumes.
1: Yeah, and it's. I mean, like we mentioned earlier, this is not a movie that got a theatrical release here, but it did go directly to television thanks to American International Television, a.k.a. AIP, in 1970. So a full six years after its initial Japanese release. And while not a lot of the original Toei dub is still around, the AITV had the film dubbed at Titan Productions, where actor Brett Morrison directed and gave voice to several of the characters, which is why some of the characters sound very, very similar despite his best efforts <laughs> but you might know him as the voice of The Shadow aka Lamont
0: Cranston yeah and I tried to 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 hear that I think I did in too. this dub after I found out about it I went back and listened and y- y- there's a lot of the bravado, but I, I don't know it just it sounded like a fairly generic kind yes, of it did. dub of what they would do for this kind of up story yeah. And, and to be fair, most of the Shadow
1: serials that I've heard were from the Wells years, so right, right. I, I I I don't know if I've heard Morrison's Shadow.
0: I'm pretty sure I, I have, but I don't know how early he, he started there. But yeah, he was uh, not only a voice actor, I think he, he was like producing this dub, which th- some sources had this as 1968 is when this came, when AIP television brought this over, but It did come out in Japan in 1966, which we're going to be talking about for like a month and a half because there's about eight different kaiju related things in in that year. A lot of people uh, point to 1977 as kind of being the massive explosion of kaiju. But I really think it started here with just about everything being touched by giant monsters in in some way. Uh, You mentioned that Godzilla's roar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was used in this not only was he the the used for the giant serpent or the magic serpent we have the giant toad you would think would be like a deep bass like a croak or something but it uses rodan's roar <laughs> how they had access to these sound effects i i don't know <laughs> yeah um but also the giant eagle which we see very sparingly in in this movie in the beginning which is just a marionette or like a a a flying model uses mothra's roar and a i believe an ultraman sound effect was used for the the giant spider at the end so they were kind of picking and choosing all over the place i i would like to go back and, and do a sound comparison of what the original japanese sound effects for for the film were but oddly enough yeah this is what they chose to do in the the dub that we watched <laughs> but yes yeah, spe- b- besides the sound effects what did you think of the actual monsters themselves we we, we do get a, a pretty nice battle between yeah we, we get a, we get a lengthy battle the
1: towards the end um i think they look fine i wasn't blown away by them i wasn't their their, their designs aren't extremely attractive uh, i think the the serpent looks pretty cool if
0: kind of lifeless yeah, so it's it's like an interesting mix of of suitimation and some wire work. It's like the head is kind of being propped up. I feel like like a flying kaiju, right? And it doesn't seem like the suit actor has control over right. it. It's kind of looking all directions. I mean, this this
1: movie it certainly had an ambition that far outweighed its budget, and I mean, cause I. I the production felt like they didn't have a lot of money, but they also had a lot of talented people behind it, so it made
0: it look pretty good. I, I disagree. I thought the miniatures and I mean, what what they were able to do with the suits looked looked pretty good. I mean, even comparing this to some Godzilla, well, it's not necessarily the suits. I, I mean, part oh. of it is just
1: because you know the copy that we watched was oh, the, yeah, the man, dub is is pretty rough, and the <laughs> subtitles are questionable. So I think that also affected the the tone in which i was watching the movie
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and cuz I, I i don't think the the kaiju or or the 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 creatures looked terrible i did think that
0: the magic serpent looked a little floppy oh it's um, it's definitely got floppy head syndrome but, uh, it, but they were, they were able to put a lot of detail like on the scales the, and the things actual, like that so you can get in close the camera looked yeah looks the sculpts like weren't it.
1: bad I mean, we still have the same problem that's been plaguing a lot of these movies where like you can't get a lot of emotion and oh, or no. at least they don't get a lot of emotion or or expression out of these creatures yet. They're they're still still basically a mm-hmm. mask,
0: if you will. Mm-hmm.
1: But I did. I actually really liked the the marionette spider, uh, even though it did very, very little. But it just like turns <laughs> around and, and like blasts. But blasts the, uh, <laughs> the the serpent. I thought that was pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah, it comes in at the last minute to help out. You you, you didn't think even would like another kaiju here at the end, but it turns into yes that the the, <laughs> the the giant spider is definitely the Mothra helping out the Godzilla in the form of the the giant toad versus um, you know the magic serpent. This is just a one headed version of uh, King Ghidorah. <laughs>
1: I I will say, yeah, I don't disagree. The miniatures were pretty solid. I like the cliffside set they were working with. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and it was difficult, but they had a lot of, like, kind of pushed back shots where you get a sense of everything happening, and you had different levels where the magic serpent was on the top, the giant toad gets pushed down kind of towards the water at the bottom of the cliff. I thought that was really interesting, but it fails to really show the scale, you know, what you yeah. want in that situation is more lower angle, kind of like looking up at the monsters. But you wouldn't have been able to see the, the depth of field very well. It, it, I mean, it, it started looking kind of like when you're that far away, the camera's that far away toys you know <laughs>
1: well, playing I around think that, on I a toy I think that partially set. is on the fault of the director there's a lot of scenes uh, that were in this that I felt almost felt like it was shot for TV It was. it's, it's, it's mm. very kind of it's not even lazy it's just there are parts that are like everything's centered it's everything's in the frame of the action like a photograph right, but right. there's very little style happening here and there's that that's, that's true throughout a lot of this film and i think it honestly damages a lot of the movie because there are moments it, there are plenty of stretches in this film that feel like they kind of they go on too long and i and i was thinking about it and I, cuz i don't think any of the action or any of the story was necessarily dragging but for whatever reason you know just because there was a lack of personality in how this film was shot there were some scenes that i'm like
0: man this is taking forever so and we, the, the, i don't think they were no i mean yeah I mean, it's only 86 yeah minutes. it's a It's It's a a pretty, pretty it's a pretty
1: brisk movie. It's just, I think, I think the way it was shot, I think made parts drag for me.
0: Tetsuya Yamanochi was the director of this, who I think before this film had other ninja movies, other kind of like fantasy movies under his belt, but I don't think any had anything close to a kaiju battle. That could have been done by the assistant director, Makaguchi, or Special Effects was done by a team of of folks that I was not able to find any information on if they had worked with other studios. If this is like their first kind of kaiju production, it's amazing. You know, it's it's beyond great. If they are pulling in people that had already worked, you know, with a, a super eye or something, then they use their talents very well, I would say, for for putting together this world. I'm a big fan of those the the castle that gets destroyed, the the site of the final battle at the end, and the that- you No, know, you know, I I definitely like a lot of the sets.
1: Yeah, I.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's tough for me because there there are there are several elements of, about this film I I like. I like the general story. I like the the kind of fairy tale ness about it. I. I really like most of the characters, even though they're not, you know. I mean, they're they're very
0: broad-stroke characters. No one's got a whole lot of dimension to them. They don't really break down a lot of scenes to give the actors, you know, like meaty. Yeah, <laughs> meaty nothing, to, nothing to chew on. Yeah, yeah, we 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 get some twists and turns in the story where we find out Tsunade is the daughter of this evil ninja. Tomoko uh, Agawa is is. Sonate and Hiroki Matsukata plays our are Jiraiya, and I mean, yeah, they they are fine in this. I I wouldn't say the the acting, even without hearing the original Japanese, is anything to really write home about. I I, I do want to sure. say it's a very inventive story, and some of the action sequences are very engaging, <laughs> and that's what I'm looking for in a you know. A, a blockbuster a japanese blockbuster like this this
1: this definitely had a i mean the era i grew up in it definitely had the vibe of a movie that i would see on a saturday afternoon mm, and yeah. that that is certainly not an insult because i mean if i was uh chilling watching you know this, the saturday afternoon picture i would not be upset watching this film i think that there is i mean there's certainly a limited you know they didn't have a seem to have a ton of money for some of the effects they were doing but they were really inventive with them uh a lot of the the actual
0: magic effects were pretty pretty fun i want to talk about my favorite scene where our hero is attacked by six to eight doors somewhere in there yeah that's that's (laughs) that's one of my favorites as well and it's a it's done with blue screen i'm pretty sure a lot of those shots i don't think they're they were practically swinging doors around him. They start like floating in the air and spinning around. But I mean, we we had just uh, we've seen blue screen fail <laughs> in a lot of these kaiju movies. You know, of course, King Kong versus Godzilla comes comes to mind as yeah. one of the the worst ones. And that was only four years before this. That scene looked amazing. That scene was very interesting. I didn't quite understand where, where like the ninjas. Invisible and like spinning the doors, <laughs> you know what exactly? How, how were they magically spinning the doors? But it was very interesting, and then they started like attacking him. I was like, "Wow, that's that was done very well." Yeah,
1: I also like his assault on the the guards and and you know using that kind of magic lasso. <laughs> oh yes, uh, on them, and i I, I will say. While there's a lot of cool set pieces and action sequence, I will say a lot of the actual fighting is pretty subpar in terms of like the, so- yeah. the sword fighting and oh, yes. the, the actual like, ninja fights. They're, they're, they're pretty not great in that, in that respect.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think this team had done kind of similar stuff before. And, you know, there, there's some things with like wire work that they've done, but the actual sword fighting, I don't know if that was the director's strong suit capturing that
1: yeah i i would i would i would agree with that and i'm trying to think there there were some other moments that i really enjoyed uh the the whole sequence where the old man kind of covers for our hero mm. i thought was well done i i really enjoyed the journey a lot i thought that was the, I, one of the better aspects to be honest is is you know because this this kid has been on a mountain for a decade you know, yeah. so he doesn't really know anything <laughs> about <laughs> how things are are going on, and I actually would have liked to have spent more time. And this is this is kind of a problem with the script. I I, I hate that it's so one dimensional because I feel like there's a lot to play with with that character, and we just don't spend enough time with him to ins in, inside of his mind to to really get you know what what that's like for someone yeah. coming into the world. You know, it's his
0: hopes and dreams. You know, there, there isn't a lot of conflict. You'd think like, you know, maybe he finds, you know, meets Tsunade and like has second thoughts about going on this revenge quest.
1: Um, yeah. Cause it, it's interesting because he's not trying to take the crown back and doesn't take the crown back. You yeah. know, he, he literally just wants to <laughs> murder the person that murdered his master.
0: <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. That, that scene with the, the snakes was very interesting. That, you know, it's interesting this film had such a perhaps influential legacy. It said, and and, and some people have, have cited that maybe a decade or so after, this was one of the inspirations for George Lucas for Star Wars. In several interviews, I mean, he's never mentioned this, but in several interviews, he's talked about Kurosawa films like Ujimbo, but particularly Hidden Fortress, which has a very similar kind of story. I think you can compare characters more like one to one with Fortress* and you know *Star Wars: A New Hope*, right? But I, I can I can understand some of the comparisons here. Unfortunately, I feel like just both movies are very similar in the tropes that they are 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 working with from from Japanese kind of folk tales. That that's why some people. I I don't know if he ever ever saw this, but you know, it's very possible. Pre film school or during film school, George Lucas in 1970 or so saw an AIP uh, television version of of this film. I,
1: I would, I, you know, I'd have to hear him say it himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I can't I can't quite give this film the credit. If if he flat out says it, then then I'm I'm fine with that. But uh, otherwise, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to wait till he he actually says that.
0: The the story, the base story. Does get used a lot. Like I said, you know, these are characters that are going to show up in Naruto, basically, in, in a different form. But the 1994 uh, Ninja Sentai uh, Kaku Ranger had a character named Jiraiya who rode a black Megazord, basically, uh, that was a, a giant toad and uh, was a kind of like mystical ninja ranger, right? Right. Yeah, you had Adam Adam Park as the toad.
1: Oh, or as he says in the in the uh in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie from 95, mm-hmm. I'm a frog. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh so yes, they 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 did end up using those uh, a little bit for the the American Rangers. It, it, I think they, they actually min- recently released a Adam Park Black Ranger
0: figure the, the Ninja v figure with the 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 toad logo mm-hmm. on it. I didn't quite understand in the suit like it had some spikes on its butt <laughs> did you quite gather what that was i have no idea it has whatsoever the, the, the magical toad has like a horn and that's a cool design but yeah it had like almost like a peacock <laughs> fanning out of, of spikes coming from his backside his his rear didn't really get a good shot at that but besides that there this movie was basically remade by a, a taiwanese studio uh thailand film and called young flying hero it is also a kaiju kind of film in it and i really like the suitimation the designs for the suits yeah. in that film the, the there's no serpent <laughs> the the enemy is kind of like a i would say a bipedal godzilla like creature but it's closer to a young gary because it's got like a nose horn and yeah th- there was it's not a sweet looking poster Yes. <laughs> well, I've, I've been added that to our notes here. We're not going to get to it here on the podcast because there wasn't a U.S. release. There's no online dubs or subs. You can find clips in, in some of the originals. But it was popular enough to, to be remade, which is interesting in in and of itself. And this is something that uh, Toei would, would branch out to do in one of our following years movies. They're going to help a Korean production of Young Gary. I didn't know that they were a part of that as well. Uh, but let's get to chatting about our final thoughts on this movie. You know, rate it one to 10 on personal enjoyment, the technical, the emotional, evocative responses. This has as kaiju art. Miles, what, what did you think about this movie? How, how did you find it? So uh, I'm going to be pretty generous with this one
1: because like I said, it was a very sincere effort. Mm-hmm. I, it, there, there were things they, they clearly tried to do outside of the kaiju stuff that they just didn't have the know how or, or budget for, but still found a way to do it and a way that looked pretty good because they just leaned into it. Mm-hmm. Even though I think that the, you know, obviously the copy we saw was a
0: little weaker and I'm, I'm trying not to ding it for that.
1: It's, it's, it's hard because at the same time, that was my experience with it. Yeah. That said, you know, I can still judge the script that we saw or or read because it had subtitles and a dub. So I'm assuming this is the subtitles that are available to us. Uh The script is weak in terms of the actual dialogue between characters. And because there's not a lot of character moments for them to chew on to mm-hmm. give us a little more pathos that I think that this movie really needed. That said, it's extremely fun. It's a really, really pleasant fairy tale. And I think that a lot of spectacle is fantastic. It's not a bad way to spend 85 or 86 minutes. The monster suits are pretty decent, if not my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I really love that cliffside castle set piece. I think it's kind of the star of the movie. There are some weaker moments. The the decapitation scene is goofy. The We didn't (laughs) mention the, 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 the giant, the giant Eagle that, doesn't make appearances because apparently they just did not think they had the the wherewithal to actually build a proper eagle. So they just didn't do it, which I honestly respect them for. But yeah,
0: you it see was, its you see its claws. Yeah, <laughs> In a lot it's, of zines it's more than anything. It's a little goofy.
1: I'm giving this an eight out of ten though. I I think mm-hmm. it was a pretty strong movie, even if I'm a little iffy on its kaiju ness. I, I I thought it was a fun fan, a fantasy film.
0: I think I would I would definitely rewatch it if I could get my hands on a a clear transfer. And yeah, uh, if
1: if Arrow or or oh, Third please. Window or somebody could get a hold of that and and put something out, I would love that.
0: Yeah, so I would definitely rewatch it. And I, I gave it an eight out of ten as well. I, I thought it was is fun enough <laughs> to to dive into and. At several points in the movie, I was like, really? This is what's happening? I was expecting maybe not quite so much action or, or fantasy, but there was enough to, to keep me invested. And then we get to the final Kaiju battle and uh, fairly high marks. I don't know if it's going to be the best movie in 1966, but so far <laughs> what a, uh, we've, we've looked at only uh, a couple others here. Oh, no, well, this, is, I, this is our first movie of 1966. Uh, yeah, we, again, we are we, we
1: are we are, re, we, we are reinventing our timeline because I can yeah. tell you right now the movie <laughs> gets a higher score.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty good. Well, for its technical aspect, though, that's what really blew me away. I feel like if I had watched this movie when it came out in 1966, just comparing it to some of the other movies that came out the prior year, I, I put this up there. I mean, this is you know, we're just coming off of Invasion of Astro Monster. And Gamma, the, the giant monster. So that's what Daiei and Toho are doing. Coming over here to Toei, I would have been as impressed, I think, with, with some of those special effects. So, for, I mean, uh, you've mentioned some problems with the, the script and mm-hmm. directing, which I definitely have to ding it on. some, not perfect in any way, shape, or form. But the effects really are what you're here for in this kind of tokusatsu film. Uh, so I gave it a 9 out of 10 for that Uh, very very high marks like you said that final battle scene I really wished it was even longer because that is you know the main conflict is the the ninja magicians the wizards going at each other and uh, that's what you're building up the entire entire movie to is seeing (laughs) the giant toad you know erupt from that classic Japanese building there there's a scene where people are inside like running away and the magic serpent like slams into the building and it collapses it, it's it's very fun it is about yeah
1: i mean it, it is certainly fun i ding it a little bit actually a lot more than you do i i gave it a 7 because mm. of my technical problems with it i mean obviously the script i while i think the monster suits are cool i i don't think they're particularly great and like I mentioned before, I, I the direction to me, I think slows the movie down a lot. I think there's there's a, a lack of kinetic energy that this film seemed to have, but the visual style wasn't there and for me personally, like I said before the the lack of fight choreography in a movie that's supposed to have ninja's
0: really bummed me out. <laughs> I might have a ding a point. I just remembered the <laughs> <laughs> the scene of uh, Jiraiya riding like a magical cloud, like a, a little nimbus cloud.
1: <laughs> oh, pretty, yeah, do, do, doing a monkey king thing. Yeah, pretty,
0: pretty bad. Uh, you know, it was uh, an early blue screen, but it was yeah, a very it, flat. It, look, it looked kinda... like it was
1: supposed to be like a a lit up sign for a restaurant.
0: It, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. though, it's like five seconds of the movie with something very i just want to sort so. of
1: flashy eat it joe's eat it joe's eat it joe's
0: as far as this evocative experience or where this resonates in other kaiju art i do think it's it's pretty representative of this time period for probably that slice of the genre we're gonna get very different takes in the Daimajin Di- movies but this is a story that Japanese audiences probably knew and it put a, a fresh coat of paint on it. A 200-year-old story that is now melded with what is very popular in the cinema, which is kaiju movies, which is Gamera and Godzilla. And we get kind of a little fantasy version of it. So can't really dig it too much for why it hasn't resonated with like American audiences when it didn't get a theatrical release here. It only got the television release. I still think it is a movie that is deserving of that, that sweet DVD or Blu-ray re-release that, that we want. But I'm digging at some points for, for that until George Lucas says this inspired Star Wars. It's probably not going to get the recognition it deserves. So I gave it a seven out of 10.
1: Oh, I, I, <laughs> I dinged it much harder. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie that we had to really scour to find a
0: watchable copy in English. Mm-hmm. in any capacity and you know I, yeah the fact like I, I said i would i would never heard of this in 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 kaiju circles before and it's it wasn't on our list originally so i i totally agree or understand
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i had to give it a five because i mean it it's virtually unknown in the states and you know it came out as a tv film which means it's reach. You know now is is probably less so, especially if it's not getting any any proper decent releases. And you know, I give it. I I don't I don't give it much lower than that because you know it got remade in in, in Korea, mm-hmm. and so there there seemed to be some or
0: Taiwan. I think.
1: Taiwan, I'm sorry. Yeah. There seemed to be some love you know in in that region of the world for this movie. It just didn't really hit here, mm-hmm. um, and a, especially not on the level of you know, other monsters that we have encountered already. And using that as a scale, I can't really get it too too much past five because it just hasn't had the reach,
0: you know? I understand. I understand. that It's something that's happened in our scoring a few times where we've probably hit on the podcast total between our scores, which is the most fair for where this sits amongst all kaiju films. That's a 7 out of 10. I think you're a little, little high six. I'm a, at this point, kind of a a high seven. So right there in the middle, which just taking a look ahead is, (laughs) it's pretty, pretty par for the rest of this year. (laughs) We'll see if anything can, can move the (laughs) needle. But coming off of Invasion of Astro Monster, which was, you know, close to a perfect movie, I I can, I can understand this being a few, lagging a few points behind.
1: Oh I mean for, for sure and, and like I said my personal score wasn't 8 I think this is a perfectly fun movie if you can find a copy especially a good one spend some time with it it's a it's a neat movie no matter how you feel or how you classify it in so much as a, as a kaiju film which I can I can see the argument of it not being one I I do think that this is well worth checking out I think it's an extremely fun movie and
0: yeah I mean it's what more of it the focus honestly. isn't on the kaiju but Technically, I think this has more scenes, like, longer scenes of kaijus fighting than Invasion of Astro Monster, which is... Um, that is that that is uh, <laughs> absolutely possible. I think that is max 10 minutes, and then I think we're at, like, 13 or 14 minutes for this movie. Maybe counting the, the intro uh, fight, <laughs> the very short intro fight of the, the magic serpent, which was super bloody, by the way, to mention that. It didn't really <laughs> yeah. come back. We, we didn't get a bloody end fight, but the first part, it, it had the, the great tokusatsu just blood spray. And if this thing is 60, 50 feet, the blood spray was like 100 feet into the air. It was pretty yeah. intense. It was pretty great. Uh, definitely check it out if you can find it. But that is going to do it for us here. Follow us on Twitter at Kaiju vs. History or email us if you have any comments or kaiju facts you would like to share. Kaiju versus History at com. What, what's happening next time, Miles?
1: Alright, so we're gonna catch everyone next time when we get to the first sequel in the Gamera series. And the first in a rainbow of color. That's right. Next time tune in for history versus gamera versus Barugon.
0: Pum bum, bum, bum.